This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic. I have a problem. I look like Jared Padalecki. I got them Supernaturals. So my value right now is zero. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. Forced farming is really not a vibe. Okay, hi, hi, pay pigs, hi, prayer warriors. We are back from our non-denominational holiday break. Um, you might have noticed it was a little longer than um, usual, and that's because, you know, frankly, the the holidays overlap too much. You've you yeah, have that's the, not the really colonizing what it was. holiday in November. You have mm -hmm. Halloween. My birthday is in September. Everyone That's I know has a that. birthday call. Like, yeah, it, it's just, well, it's just like, it's just stacked. It's back to back to back for me. And you know what? It's it's overwhelming. It's a lot. Um, so I also took, got COVID, which yeah, that was, that was kind of a big part of it. By the way, I got bronchitis. a terrible we virus. An awful yeah. virus. Oh. I, have, I have defeated it in the name of God. Um, and so it will never make an appearance in my body ever again, nor will it ever make an appearance in my sight. So, um, I will now kind of act as sort of a, like a force field that I can extend mm -hmm. to others, sort of like Bella Swan. Um, oh, yeah. but for, for the coronavirus specifically, and no one who's near me will be subject to it. It's so bad. Um, I don't want to like, you know, down anyone's mood, but I would just... I'd avoid it if if you yeah. can. I get would not get it. Do your thing. I did. You um, know, and I did all that. But yeah, like I mean, the vaccines are a lie, or, or maybe they're <laughs> not. I don't know. It's a little bit suspicious, isn't it, that I got my booster shot two weeks before I got COVID? Hmm. I did also go to the 100 Gex concert like a few days before I got COVID, and I was I was in the mosh pit. But I think so it's it, the booster. It, I think it was the booster. Yeah, I think it was definitely I the booster. I don't think I got... it was the 100 Gex concert because it it just doesn't seem right that when music is that fast that you could get sick. Yeah, it just seems like the the sound particles would almost like break up the virus. You mm -hmm. know. I have um, to say, I, got... I was I was the best dressed at the 100 Gex concert. I need everyone to know that if you were there, I'm not saying that your outfit was bad, but I, I had so many people coming up to me and telling me how good I looked, and it was um, it was really nice. And I was in the mosh pit, and I did win. I got all the way up to the front. It felt like Warp Tour all over again, which I, I really miss. Kendall, did you ever go to Warp Tour? Did they have I those never, I, in I never... Connecticut? <laughs> I never went to Warp Tour. Um, I went to anime conventions instead um, uh, because worse. for some reason, I know, I know, for some reason, I, you know what it was? It's just that an anime convention is is air conditioned and it's inside, and I'm a sweaty person, and a music festival is outside and there's dirt. And I I like feeling like at least that I'm not like not that an anime convention is clean, mind you. People no. are still sweaty, but they're less sweaty and they're also just less likely to touch me. Um, mainly because they've banned yaoi Ooh, pedals. What if they were, they were glomping? Yeah, I was going to say, they might have been glomping they banned on that, you. Though. They, oh, like, all, all quite a few of them. Yeah, not all of them, but like quite a few conventions have like banned um, 
non-consensual touching in a you lot know, of scenarios. It was, it was an anime convention that brought Omicron to the United States. It was. It was. It was I a, think that a guy that went to uh, NYC Anime Next, I believe. Well, NY, and, NYC it? Anime Next is is disgusting, and I went to it once, and oh, I would never go back. Is it really? To be My honest. little brother. I went, went to, it to during... that one. He went to the one that had went... had the Omicron at it, and that was. Oh my uh, god. He was very excited about it, not not because of the virus. <laughs> he didn't know, um, but he was very excited about getting to go. Um, I don't I know if I've introduced the character. I don't know if I've introduced oh, the character Aaron? that is, that is my little brother, um, but he's he's marvelous, and he told me recently that he's um, very proud of himself because he um, recently. Uh, finally finished memorizing three uh, separate episodes of Naruto. And so now when he's <laughs> bored, he can just close his eyes um, or keep them open and watch uh, one of those three episodes of Naruto. And um, it stops him, I guess, from like being bored. He says also when he gets into arguments with people, he'll just play naruto in his head um he's like he's a he's a grown man he's a teacher in a school um he's one teacher of the month twice already and he says sometimes when he's in the teacher's lounge he doesn't really like to socialize he's kind of like me in that way where he doesn't want to make friends at work um and so instead he'll just watch naruto in his head um and I think that that's really cool. But he, yeah, he, and he did not get the virus at the anime convention. Immune. Um, yeah, because I, I put my force field on him. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. timeline's like, not right for fun. that. That was before I got <laughs> my virus. But I went to NMIC um, during the peak of Homestuck. Um, no. Yes. So so I think that's part of the reason I would never go back. Um Here's the thing. It's not the, the problem with Homestuck is it has nothing to do with the property itself. I mean, a little bit, but only a little bit. Um, it really has to do with like, for some reason, probably due to some of the content, <laughs> it gravitated towards a group of people that um, really took the filth are my politics, filth is my life bit of pink flamingos and just kind of like ran with it. Uh, if you know any, we yeah, we'll literally get to, that's, that I, this year we're planning on doing. That's this year we are planning on doing. This year we are planning on doing a homestuck episode or maybe a several yeah. um, with a special guest. Um, so get ready for that. Um, all I'll say right now is that if you if you know anything about the Olive Garden spit bucket, come on, um, you deserve. <laughs> You, you you may be qualified for financial compensation. Um, yeah, I yeah. was so good at avoiding like that part of the internet while it was happening. So I'm excited to, I guess, ruin this nice thing that I've been doing for myself. Um, like I literally don't even know what Homestuck is about. I was on Tumblr a couple days ago and I saw this like very long Tumblr debate that had like tens of thousands of reblogs on it in the the year of our lord it was still 2021 at the time um and like it was just like what is homestuck about and people arguing with each other over like different summaries of homestuck and i was like none of these words are in the bible none of this makes sense to me (laughs) and I'm, i'm really like not looking forward to the day when it does become a thing that i understand i'm i'm 
currently in a Homestuck uh, Bible study group, a little reading group uh, with some of um, our friends, our mutual friends. And I will say, like, I think the content is good. I don't think the content of Homestuck itself is bad. I think that it has some solid comedy in there. It has, like, some kind of, like, almost, like, existentialist horror involved. Um, and it had a greater understanding of, like, how you tell stories about the internet in particular um, than anything else before it. And I can understand why it gained such, like... It, created such a resonance with people. Um, I have known uh, the, I will say my biggest uh, interaction with Homestuck before this point was both conventions and the trans girl I dated in high school um, who became the, one of like the composers for like several Homestuck like events and like major plot points uh, for like music for it. So uh, Marcy, shout out to you. Um, you like uh, were actually <laughs> a surprisingly big influence on my life for how little you were you were there. Um, so thank you. So while um, you were um, doing Homestuck, whatever, I was studying the Blade, which was going to Warp Tour. I started going from the year two thousand five. I was really young then. I think I was nine. Um, but my, my mommy escorted me to Warp Tour and they used to have like a parent's pit so that the parents could like not have to be in the thick of it, but like could be available to help out their kid. And so I would be like, okay, mom, like I'm going to go mosh now. And she'd be like, all right, have fun. And that was the, um, for those in the know, that was the summer of like when, um, Mikey Way and Pete Wentz had their little romance Oh, wow. Yeah. And oh, wow. I think I went every year after that up until the time I turned, I think, 18. And then I always thought that one day I'd go back, but it's it's over now. They discontinued it in 2019. And is that coincidental that 2019 is the same year that the coronavirus appeared on the scenes? I mean, yes, but also no. <laughs> Do you think the the creators of Warp Tour are like I wouldn't even say like proud of themselves but more just like relieved almost that they dodged this like bullet that they were like oh my god we're going to like you know what we're not doing this anymore and then like covid hit and they were like you know what we were we were tastemakers we we understood yeah they canceled music festivals before it was cool yeah, but I, I think also cool. like that the genre of music that Warped Tour relies on just was not in mm -hmm. existence really in 2019. Mm -hmm. It's kind of coming yeah. back now, sort of, but there's we'll, yeah, there's we'll just like not it. enough not enough acts to sustain a Warped Tour. And I we'll, think we'll when get to... totally, I think when Warped Tour does come back eventually, I will be way too old. Like maybe I'll mm -hmm. be in the parents' pit. I think we'll be the Gen Xers almost of the of, of Warp Tour, you know, just sitting there like while our kids are listening to like the new hyper pop artist, because I think Warp Tour is going to come back in like a hyper pop way. Wait, when are um, you having kids? Hyper, I'm, like I'm during hyper pop time, like right now? Well, I'm saying like it's going to like we're transcending hyper pop into like like I'm saying it like the future of music is all going to be beeps and boops. Um, okay. We, you but know, like, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Welcome to Big Story Naturals. I'm Cerise. This is Kendall. We took a break. We're back. We'll hopefully be like 
you know, doing stuff on a regular schedule, don't expect anything from us. Don't expect um, we make no promises ever, yeah, ever in our lives. Literally a demand for emotional labor that I'm not willing to um, you know, like I don't negotiate with terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um but this episode we're doing some trend forecasting because it's a new year it's 2022 do you believe in angel numbers i don't um i used to when i was little i used to believe that i controlled the wind um but i don't believe in angel numbers not related (laughs) i just i i i think i used to believe in like like i used to believe like okay if like if i see this color or this number that means I should like do it when I was like in the middle of making decisions, but I never came to like the point where I believed in like angel numbers specifically is more my point. Like I was never like a big angel numbers person. I believed that somehow coincidences were destiny for quite a while. Um, But then I um, became like a cringe Lord atheist for a bit. And now I'm just kind of like agnostic. Hmm. I will, I will believe in pretty much anything, and I do, um, but I don't believe in angel numbers because it just seems like there's not that many options, right? Like yeah. there's there's one 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 two 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 three three three, and I think four four four, and then that's it. Um, so like, I don't know. It just it seems like I want I want more variety because. I know that I have one of the cool life path numbers. I, I think I'm, I might be 11 or 22 or whatever. It's like one of the, one of the good ones. Some people have less good ones. Not me though. Um, but also like so many people probably also have that one because there's just not that many options. There's only so many, there's, well, there's not only so many numbers. There are an infinite amount of numbers, but there's a finite amount of angel numbers. Anyway, 2022 though that is that is an angel number so i feel like that bodes well and uh yeah we're we're doing trend forecasting because everyone else was doing it but they were doing a bad job they did and it wrong incorrectly good at stuff um and we're better at things than most people i mean we're always right that's the we're thing we're always uh- right let, let I, the record yeah. show that literally after we made our um, episode on Pro Anna, and specifically when we talked about how the BBL is on its way out, quite literally in the next like two weeks after that, and since then, there have been multiple videos and tweets of other people making quote unquote insightful content about how the bbl is on the way out and i just want to make it clear let the record show through via like there are receipts there is a timeline we were there first we are right always (laughs) we are geniuses and no one can take that away from us anymore you can never say that we are incorrect about anything ever again (laughs) if you ever did at all which i assume you didn't I, I don't think anyone ever has. No one's ever told me I'm wrong. That's why I'm like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like I've seen a lot of people's little in outlets and to me what they look like and I understand it. I understand the impulse behind it. They look like wish lists of like things that you want to be mm-hmm. in or out. And that's cool. 
but, but that's, you not, just, that's not trend forecasting. You that's not the label. Yeah, manifesting on that or like self actualizing or whatever. I think that Mood in order board, to do goals. yeah, in order to do a proper trend forecast, you have to be like analyzing like historical movements to see how they're going to like play out again in the present day you need to like be aware of what's happening politically you need to know how people in the past have like responded to like similar political events you've got to you know like you've got to be thinking um and maybe maybe have read books before um, mm-hmm. and that just is not where a lot of people are and that's okay. Um, we're reading books occasionally so that you don't have to, but I guess before we get into trend forecasting, even though this intro has been so long, you're welcome. You're Kendall, welcome. do you have any personal New Year's like resolutions for yourself? Oh, here's the thing. Um, in the last like two years, um, so many of my plans have gone out the window Um, that I have decided to not set myself up for too many expectations. Um, And instead, it is time for uh, circumstances to change um, instead of me. Um, But at the same time, like there are things that I'd like to accomplish. I'd like to get over my fear of falling down and hitting my butt. It's why I have never been able to skateboard or roller skate or ice skate, anything with skating. I would like to get over that. I would like to get over my fear of driving. Um, I hate it more than anything on this earth. And I would like to get over that. Um, So there are things that I'd like to accomplish, um, but they're not things that I'm going to set myself up to like fully do until I know that I have done them. Like, (laughs) like I'll set them, those things up for myself. um, Not in congruent with like this year in general. Um, I've decided that New Year's resolutions are out. Um, and oh, yeah. I, yeah, and circumstances changing for me are in. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, I don't know. I think like I also for, for in terms of just like like fashion, like I think that like changing like thinking about how I'm going to change myself and like my attitude in the year going forward is like a really helpful tool in some ways. I think that I do want to heighten the clown look a little more. Um, what does clown look mean for you? Because I feel like means, I see a lot so of like, different clown Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, so like, I'm thinking fully, like, I'm going for, like, collage almost. Mm-hmm. Um, not of, like, different clown looks, but, like, more of, like, like a, a mixed media clown rather than just, like, the, the like, I'm not looking for classic Piero sad clown, and I'm not looking for, like, party rave clown i'm looking for like almost like a mixed media crafty clown like i have a jacket that i got um from psychic outlaw at a sample sale not too long ago um that is made out of like an antique quilt um that's like really really colorful and like i'm looking for that kind of like like a clown that almost looks like it was birthed out of like a crafting bin like that's kind of what i'm looking for more so than like your um your like ringling brothers classic clown with like a red nose or like the piero like um like 1920s performance art commedia dell'arte clown like i'm looking for like the kind of clown that like um like 
like that just like almost like is birthed from like a craft project like a diy kind of clown that makes sense for you because i feel like in many ways like your style already is sort of like delivering a like a modern day and like cooler but she was pretty cool like miss frizzle Mm -hmm. um or who's the other teacher from like recess that that was always uh, going on about like colonization like i feel like you you're kind of doing that already where you Mm -hmm. do like really good like pattern clashing and you wear a lot of like bright colors um so i'm excited to see your style evolution in 2022 like almost like a 70s basement you know like so like a basement that you would find like some guy who listens to like uh psychedelic records it has like orange carpeting and like wood panel um and it just smells like kush like that's kind of like it's the it's those two like overlapped almost Oh, yeah, because you're you're a person of of weed experience, right? I am a person of weed experience. I don't like to smoke so much as I take edibles. Um, I think, yeah, I'm going to try to lean into that a little more. Um, Not in this, I don't want to be annoying. Your um, uncle era. I'm looking for, (laughs) I am looking for my uncle era. I am. Yeah. I'm looking to be like cool uncle. Um, Like the guy who's like, you don't, like the the uncle who's like, you don't smoke yet? Why? Mm -hmm. Like, like that kind of person that's kind of what i'm looking for um i have like i have this deep need inside of me to have like a dirtbag mustache just oh, like yeah? that lit like that little dirtbag mustache oh i want one so bad oh i want one so bad um can you sometimes grow a mustache just, like, or would it be one of those like awful no. blonde things because you do be, have no awful. offense you've got blonde hair I have blonde hair. I feel I like facial hair, hair that's blonde. It's just not. It doesn't I work. I would be able to. It would. It, yeah. Like it, I, I've, I've seen the facial hair on my brothers, and I don't want that. Um, it mm. looks skin colored. It looks like a weird skin tag to me. Yeah. I don't like that. I want like a brown, like little tiny wispy dirt, like Napoleon Dynamite dirt bag mustache. Like that's mm. what I'm looking for. I love that. I want it so bad. Um, and everyone around me tells me things like stop, no, why, whenever I bring it up. Um, but they just don't understand taste. They don't understand um, my values and they don't understand um, art, I think. Well, I'm not saying stop. I think a mustache would be cool, but not yeah. not in the color blonde. You'd no. need to dye mm-hmm. that or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or get, I would need like, to dye it. Um, I was watching America's Next Top Model recently and they gave one of the guys like a a lace front beard it didn't look good though but maybe once the technology for that improves you could go that route yeah um, we need to start improving uh facial hair wigs um we had yeah. merkins for women's uh you know What's vaginas that? at one point what, wait, a merkin. what oh yeah a merkin you've never Why heard of a merkin want- it is uncomfortable why would you want a wig down there <laughs> it's like yeah it's a, it's like a toupee for your pussy what <laughs> i mean like are people like they can't grow hair there or like they want extra what's yeah, the it's a, it is a wig to cover up the pubic area it's like a to cover it up so like you got it removed and then you add well, the wig it's, or well it's more like you're like i think from like this in like 70s porn they used to wear a lot of merkins because like bush was like really in um can people just so like, not yeah. grow them? So, some people just like weren't growing enough you know that's, it wasn't big enough of a bush what an interesting time that's mm-hmm. not 
that's not a thing that really makes a lot of sense to me. I would not want a wig. Well, also you can get them in there. different shapes. Like uh, this one is shaped like a little heart. Um, yeah, so, but like, I guess it just sounds uncomfortable. Oh, they are fully. <laughs> I like, think if someone is paying that much attention to, to what shape your pubic hair is in, like you're spending time with the wrong people. <laughs> I feel like Andrea Dworkin would have something to say about this. About Merkins, probably. Yeah. So okay, no one asked, but my I don't. So I don't really celebrate January first as the New Year, like everyone else does. But I'm different. Um, I just feel like it's very like businessy. I don't like the the day of January first doesn't really mean anything to me. I like winter solstice. That could be a New Year. Mm. I like. Um, also the beginning of fall or my birthday. Um, those are all days that feel like the start of something new to me. I've been into the winter solstice one, um, though, because last year winter solstice was when, um, all black people got their powers and I got my powers then also. And so it just feels like it's a fun day for me now. So I, but I did set some, like, what was your powers? Oh, okay. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't um, exhibited them to me. So uh, this is another Twilight power, but I got the same power that Jasper has. I'm like a weaponized empath. I can feel what other people are feeling, and then I can make them feel something else uh, by doing stuff. I can use, use my actions to change how people in the room are feeling, and I can also assess what those feelings are. But well, in, a, in like a black person way and like not um, in a Confederate soldier way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a little Obviously. bit different from Jasper. Um, yeah, you, you don't lift up your, your, your sleeve and go like battle scars. Let's not. No, God, it's, I, we can't, we can't talk about Twilight right now, but I, at some point have, I have a lot of things to say. Um, but my, so my, like, I have some goals in terms of what I'm going to do with my style. I used to be for a very long time, like a real pastel kind of person. And I think that pastels are, they're just, they're over for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a scene goth kid in like 2013. And then I made a hard pivot to wearing pink all the time. And I've sort of been like in that mode since then. I've decided that 2022 is the year of the vampire, probably related to my ongoing fixation with Twilight. But I also watched um, Interview with the Vampire recently, and I was like, they just look so good. I don't want so to like good. give too much respect to Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise, but they're they're doing a great job in that movie, like outfit wise. And so I, I think mean, respect to Anne Carson go. for making a book that just absolutely served cunt. Like yeah, ever, like the, they read that to like adapt the movie, and they were like, oh, this has we have to get the outfits together. Like it. Yeah, I love like, those like gay little blouses. I'm gonna get mm-hmm. a bunch of those. I think like the idea I think is to go like very like dark romantic. And not so much like, you know, like mall goth, because I'm too old for that. Um, but being a vampire is timeless because they don't they don't age. So the yeah, the, the goal would be like vampire from the 1800s who is like alive now, 
but still like mostly dresses like they did in the 1800s, like a lot of like luxurious fabrics and dark colors. I'm still going to wear platforms all the time because they'll never take those away from me. Um, But I think, yeah, I think those are my goals style-wise. And I don't know, like, do I have anything else that I like want to work on? On myself as a person I was thinking that this year I wanted to learn a little bit more like American history I have like I've read a lot of theory and I've read a lot of like other parts of the world history but I was never that interested in American stuff because I think as it was like done to death when I was in school mm-hmm. and I um, was already feeling like a lot of it was was bullshit the way that it was presented and so I just like didn't have an interest too much in in like getting too deep into it myself and I think that I'm going to to learn a little bit more I've been reading um the the Greg Grandin book like end of myth um because our little friends on mechanical freak are doing a series on that and that's been really cool so yeah to learn more more history and I feel like American history teachers are like they they make it almost it's almost like they make it their mission to just ruin American history for you in terms of just like making it so unbelievably boring and it's not entirely their fault you know in terms like they can't exactly tell you yeah um they tell you history is written by the winners and then they tell you the winner's version um and they like frame the history is written by the winners bit as if it's like a cautionary tale, but then do absolutely no analysis with it after that. Um, when I yeah. was in school during the civil war, I, if you were a kid on the East coast, every single one of you went to Gettysburg at some point. Um, no, least... I think depending on how much funding your school had, <laughs> I did not go to Gettysburg. I, I feel like, I feel like you at least like you, like at one point they wanted to take you to like some kind of thing having to do with the American revolution. Um, like some, like uh, the thing is about like a lot of the East coast is that there's a lot of parts of it, um, that have like significant play in that portion of history. And they want to take you there, um, at some point. Um, even if you're like in like New Jersey or Florida, there's like something there that like, Where even is Gettysburg? Like, Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Okay. Yes. So they took us to Gettysburg for the civil, to do a civil war reenactment altogether. And keep in mind. um, Did they make you be Jasper from Twilight? And make you be Confederate soldiers? Oh, yeah. There was a Southern team and there was a North team, and it was a game of capture the flag. Um, Keep in mind, we had a school of predominantly, um, there were quite a few um, Black and Latinx kids in my class. my team got lost so we didn't participate in the game at all because we got lost and then we by the time the game ended we had wandered around and been like oh that's where the hill is and we went back and it turned out the north team won which was our team um we had split into different teams it was like this whole complicated game of capture the flag that i don't even really remember the rules of but at the end we all sat down um and one of the teachers who was the white spanish teacher that i fucking hated um he said um because he was on the south team he was like you might have won today but the south will rise again no um and he got in a lot of trouble for that one no (laughs) he was the spanish teacher and the american history teacher and i think that that's kind of gives you the vibe of like if you have like a male 
American history teacher um, who happened to be white, um, you had a bad time generally. My, um, cause I went to, I went to Catholic school. So my history teacher was the same person for like all of my years of at least middle school. And he was also an elected city council member who was a Republican and, um, would just like, he would do current events, but it would always be like, and here's my take on the current events. We spent so much time learning about the the debt, the U.S. debt, and how it's like a really big problem. Um, and I've got like Marxist parents, so I would like go home and tell my parents what I had learned, and my dad would just be like, your teacher is like a useless propagandist. And then I would go back to school and uh, tell my teacher that, um, and it just, it never worked out well for me. And so by the time I was like out, I just like had less of an interest, but I've been learning a lot recently and I think it'll be, it'll be good to learn more. Um, I know like, you know, more recent American history, but all of the, like, I mean, this is like what, um, like Greg Randon's book is about is like the, the early like U S history and how that like shapes where we are today. And it's been, Mm -hmm. you know, I love to learn. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. So those are my two resolutions. Learn American history and become a vampire. And with that, should we should we get into making yeah. predictions? These aren't Let's predictions, these are trend forecasting. These things yes. will happen, it's like the weather. Um, and we're right, and you should come back in like a year and tell us that we're right. And um, it's important to note that we're we're working off of um, our uh, viewpoint um, based on like our knowledge of history, our knowledge of culture, um, and our knowledge of um, politic. Like that's kind of what we're working off of. This is not a wish list. If you want the wish list, um, we will be publishing that on uh, Patreon. Yeah. So, Go, go sub to our Patreon, and then you'll get our, our manifestation, our wish list for the year. Um, this is going to be us going off of things that we think are going to happen, we know are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we might and, not like all of these things. Yeah, some of we, these things we, are bad. Some of these things are bad, and we don't like them, and we don't want them there, but they're happening. And um, if you don't like it, then now that you know, maybe you can organize for a better future. Um, but I think our, our first category is like, fashion and like personal aesthetics and stuff Mm -hmm. so i've been saying this on twitter for a minute um and it's in in part because i am also doing this but extremely long hair for like women and like women adjacent people people who want to like be a little bit feminine are like that's going to be happening Mm -hmm. in a big way um in natural hair colors too i think beginning around like late 2022 i think it's going to start in august or september and the ideal is going to be for it to be like naturally grown out or at least look like it's natural people who have more money can buy like a good human hair wig um and so that's why it's going to be like important for it to be in natural hair colors and some people are going to get super extreme with it but overall i think like long loose hair is going to be in and it's going to be like not um not straight uh, but like haircuts that 
aren't like overly layered. It's like it's just going to be like long hair um, that doesn't look like it's got a lot like done to it. And then what will maybe like come with that will be like elaborate updos or like braids and stuff, but not like super layered cuts. And I think that it has to look um, effortless. Like yeah, and I think like unnatural like hair colors are going to be out very soon probably like end of 2022 2023 um and this is not just me like coping with the loss of my split hair which I, (laughs) i do miss um i had to dye all of my hair black because i did not have enough money to uh get my hair done as often as that requires but i think that like the whole like alt hair thing is going to become really passe very soon um, because I think like being alt generally will be out. Like I don't think that like aesthetic countercultures are going to exist in the same way because it's just like so easy for them to be replicated. And the point of an aesthetic counterculture or, or subculture is for people to like signal to like-minded people like I'm like you by doing this thing but because I think of like the proliferation of like these styles on the internet and the way that they get divorced from like their origins it's really impossible now to know like what you know like what kinds of movies or music someone is into just by like the way that they're styling their hair how they look and so these things that were supposed to signal like being out of the mainstream just don't signal that anymore. And so I think that like the, that's why the most, like the unusual colored hair is going to be out because it just like doesn't signify what it used to. And so the people who would have been doing that are going to move to doing something else. And it's going to become like passe also for the people who are more in the like mainstream avenue of like cultural expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder let me ask you this. How do you think the long hair, um, like, how do you think the, like, um, cis male celebrity to uh, fashion pipeline is going to, like, change over this, like, next year? Because, like, I think they're going to try to go for the long hair thing, but they're going to try to make it um, more masculine. They Like, I think we went from the man bun, but I think we're going to go for, like, hair down now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, or like, you know, the aughts were kind of about, um, the man bun. And I think now we're going to go, and then we had like Skrillex with the undercut, but I think we're going to go for a more, like now that we have Harry Styles doing his whole like Victorian clown thing, um, which, you know. Yeah. I wish that, I, I mean, it's fine. Um, I just wish that the outfits were a little bit better, but I don't think that that's Harry's fault entirely. No. Cause he's a. Gucci's spokesperson and mm. Gucci's like women's wear has just not been good for a few years so he's he's got a pick from the drags there yeah I, I think I kind of wish men... he was doing something he was partnered with like anyone else like there's, yeah. there's like that there's so many better fashion houses out there that could be styling this man I think that but I think with the sort of Harry Styles to other celebrity men choking on non-binary vibes. If you haven't read our friend Jones, uh, I'm choking on non-binary vibes article in Gawker. Um, we're going to link that in the comments because I love it. Um, 
I think we're going to go, like, men are going to try to go for a more wafy aesthetic. I think with the rise of twink, we're going to see a decline in twink. There's going to be two avenues, two paths Mm -hmm. for the Mm -hmm. men. Because I think that actually being more masculine is going to come back. Like, being more, like, aggressively, like, mm, I don't know, like, macho or whatever. I think, like, muscular men are going to come back in, which will be annoying for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think also, like, men expressing their femininity in, like, a more everyday, normal sort of way rather than, like, um, well, I mean, like, what Harry Styles is, like, trying to do where it's, like, this is just part of my everyday look, it's, like, not, like, a gimmick is also going to be, like, a thing, but that's going to be, like, a counterculture movement. And I think that for, like, men who are just trying to be, like, regular or who are, like, letting mainstream culture influence them, like, being more traditional in their, like, expression of masculinity is going to make a return. Um, and but I, so, think, I think in that return to traditional masculinity, I think we'll see an overlap in terms of, like, we're seeing a lot of, like, I think in the traditional masculinity sphere... Um, a lot of like uh, affection now in like a real way for male friendships, like the way that they're all talking about like the phrase like for the boys and like the like there's always been like a an affection that men have, but I think it'll be, but I I do think men are men are going to start realizing that their affection for each other um, does get them pussy, <laughs> like some women. I've noticed at least on like both like online and off that like, cause like in particular, like my partner is a teacher, right. And like the middle school right now, the kids, like the boys are all holding hands. Um, but to get girls attention specifically, um, because they love boys who are open with their feelings. So I think that these like masculine men will start being open about how they care about the men in their life, not women. Let's be clear. Um, but they will be very open with each other about like how they care about each other. They'll make steps, you know, and I think they'll start using that affection for each other for clout. Um, it'll be a very Dan and Phil situation, but it it will all be manufactured, um, (laughs) in a lot of ways. I think that that's kind of where we're headed with traditional masculinities that they're starting to take steps to, um, show affection for each other. Um, but I think it has to be incentivized in a way that it will, um, gain them some kind of social notoriety in some way. You know, I think we're starting to get to that point. So men being friends with other men for clout. Yeah. That sounds fun. I think that's Um. fun. I think that, I I think it is fun. I think it's good. Um, I feel like we're going to see an article in the New York times also that's like, meet the men who are wearing like women's wear to the office, like meet the men, like normalizing, a pants or something so it'll be like two sides of that and and it'll Mm -hmm. like also be like a way to like signal what you think um i think like politically the the like the celebrity men are gonna start gravitating towards who who are going for more of like i think twink is not on its way out but i think it's going to be replaced by something a lot more nebulous than just like because like twink is too tied to uh gay life um and it's just being like ill-defined by like teenagers like i don't think that it's actually like a trend in terms of like 
like the general sphere, but I think that generally we've been moving towards a lot of like celebrity men who are skinnier, who are less muscular. Um, like Tom, what's his face? The Spider-Man kid is playing like Nathan Drake, the uncharted, like chiseled video game man. I do not know. Do it's, not know it's, either of those people. It's just, it's interesting to see Tom Holland, this like very short, skinny man play like what was like an old school video game character that was considered like the height of like like peak video game masculinity just like chiseled chest square jawed man we're not we're not in it yet i think the like hyper masculine moment is coming soon and Mm -hmm. there's going to be like a rejection of all these skinny guys who are like um a little bit too femme and then there will be like a split between men versus like okay. where where they that. feel they belong and it'll like be in big part based on like what their their beliefs are like mm-hmm. doing more feminine presentation is going to be not just a way to express like gender identity but it's also going to be like a way to express um like their political beliefs and i think like to that there's going to be a lot of men who like might not um necessarily like identify as like non-binary or agender or whatever but who will like throw a they on the end of he the and she days. more more to like signal that they are a part of a group um rather than to like express something about their gender which is like you know fine people yeah. can do what they want i don't care pronouns are i fake. think I, I think Charlie D'Amelio is going to put Shide in her bio. Um, oh, and man. I don't... The, the, the daughter of a Republican? I like, think... A Republican who ran for office as a Republican? See, I don't know about but see, that. Here's, but see, she's here's not a personal chef. But I'm, I'm not saying that she's doing it for herself at, it, at all. I'm saying that this is this is a career move. Oh, it'll be like a stunt? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. This That goes into culture. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that that's enough for it to be a stunt because we've already got a bunch of like AFAB celebs who have, have done a full they them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it will be that interesting or even like notable if I Charlie does a she slash they. I think the realm that Charlie is in, in terms of like her audience, I think it will be a big deal. Um, okay. I, I think that she's she's not, because she's she can't commit to going full they them i don't think that that like that's not like like you said she has a republican father like that's just not gonna happen but i do think in the realm of her world that would cause enough of like a little bit of a quake you know and i don't think she'd stick to it is the thing i'm not saying that she's gonna stay as she they forever this is this is turning into problematic territory but is it i do but is it I just don't think that like I, I think that she will go with it for maybe a year or two and then she'll take it out of her bio and say nothing. Like that's that's what I'm thinking. Um somebody's okay. gonna do it. If it's not her, then it's gonna be one of the Kardashians. Um anyway, no. that's a culture thing. This is like, I I am disagreeing with you. Everyone, please <laughs> mark this moment in your podcast. Um, I am disagreeing with Kendall. Let's come back in a year and see who is right. Um, um, my next prediction. Oh wait, but, is but that, my fashion oh, predictions. Sorry. Go ahead. We didn't get to. We didn't get to me. Anyway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel um, like we I did. Think, well, I think that like just generally <laughs> like like fashion like as like like in terms of just like clothing items, um, mm-hmm. you can already see the '70s has kind of made its way back around. Um, with the wide-legged pants, the high-waisted thing. Everyone keeps thinking the low-rise is coming back, and I just... 
they keep saying it. I just think it's like a stunt. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, not in like a real uh, way. I think that it might. I think it that might. it might. It might, but it just doesn't feel quite like it's there yet. I'm not sure if it's going to come here this year is more what I'm no. thinking. I don't because... think that low-rise jeans will be in in 2022. Yeah. But I think that the low-rise silhouette is going to like keep getting pushed on us. I've already seen yeah. people who are a bit younger than us like do it already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people our age or older who have already lived through that moment will want to subject themselves to it again. But I don't think that that means that people yeah. who are like in their teens and early 20s who um, are like a little bit more susceptible to... I don't know these things like being pushed on them like and also who didn't live through the early 2000s mm-hmm. um in the same way like they they might start and i'm we're starting to see that already I see that. yeah i think that just in terms of like a, a wide trend it's not going to be happening quite yet in terms of like a silhouette um but it's on its way i think that like generally now that we've seen kind of the 70s come back we're seeing um we've already kind of talked about this in the pro anna episode but like modesty comes with politics and i think that that's going to be um happening pretty soon um we've already seen it like there's been there was that tweet a couple months back in like november december where everyone was freaking out about these dresses being sold at um target that were kind of mormon core but when i look at them what i see is a gunny sacks dress which is a very popular prairie dress style in the 70s but without the structuring or the boning a gunny sex dress was usually pretty expensive, even for the time, and now it's even more expensive because they're vintage pieces, um, because they were very structured, very, like, well-made pieces, and a Target dress is, like, just not going to be that. That's just not its That's not its goal. That's not its price point. Um, but, like, the puff sleeves, the square neckline, that's been on its way. Um, it's been happening that's for in. the past, like, that's year. In that's in but I think Prairie is going to go like a little further than that now. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more like ruffling and tool. People are calling it like ballerina core. And I just don't see that. I see it. I see it making its way more towards like Prairie, like, um, you know, like farmhouse kind of chic style rather than ballerina core. Um, I'm seeing maybe like we're, we're heading towards like, cause like the seventies the were already heavily inspired by Victorian um silhouettes a lot of high necks a lot of big puff sleeves um and a lot of like long high necked pieces and big maxi dresses um i think that's what we're gonna see more of is the victorian style but not this like ballerina why were the 70s inspired by the victorian era it's because the economy in the 1970s was like in the shitter thank Mm -hmm. you jimmy carter um and i think it Obviously, things are not great financially for many people right now. We're probably on the verge of another recession. Um, and so when like things are bad economically, people tend to like try to throw it back to an era when they think that things were like simpler and nicer, um, which usually also like aligns with like dressing in a more um, modest way because hemlines have only gotten shorter as the decades have gone on um also people are like as we talked about in our last episode like less interested in showing off um like so much skin when the economy is like doing poorly like hemlines are always longer um when things are bad so i think that that's like where this like 
modest movement is partly going to be coming from. The other thing I think is going to happen so soon, and this is like related to the economy tanking, is that like logos everywhere is going to be so tacky. Um, Definitely by the end of this year, like by the start of 2023, you are not going to see like an all over monogram print on someone unless like they really don't care about keeping up with trends at all like all the high fashion brands oh sorry no no it's fine it's i was just thinking about the time right after the 2008 recession for a while Mm -hmm. there were these um like higher fashion brands or even these emerging like minimalist brands that were cropping up that were trying to create like almost like a radical expression around the idea of like not having a logo um, and that bled its way also into like the tech world. You had some people creating like classic phones that were just like a number pad and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and those became kind of a meme for a while because people were like, that's kind of stupid. But like at the same time, it was like this, it was this trend that was kind of bleeding its way into like, let's get into like a no logo, completely like blank slate situation where you don't know what the brand is. It's just, it has to be a high quality piece. Like the the stuff that was like designer was considered to be like, it it could look exactly like something that you would buy at like Target, but the quality of the piece was like the main part of it. It it had to be about like the item. You know, when people are, when when things are like good for everyone generally, Mm -hmm. then people who are like, middle class and working class can buy luxury goods because mm-hmm. like their ability to save even even being in like a lower like income bracket is a little bit higher than it would be in a time when things are like not great and so wealthy people like displaying logos everywhere is a thing that everyone can aspire to when things are like bad um people are like more conservative with their resources they're less likely to like treat themselves to a nice thing that's out of their budget and so it just becomes very like off-putting to see those ostentatious displays of wealth Mm -hmm. and so the logo usually will go back inside of the label for um like wealthy people and the the clothes and things that they buy and then everyone else is just like going to stop like attempting to buy those kinds of designer items because they need to like use their resources elsewhere. I think that I maybe I've been seeing a lot of that in terms of like if you compare like the influencers and what they were wearing like pre-COVID, it was a mm-hmm. lot of just like there were the big supreme heads and like the people who would like buy like logos of everything and wear these like huge ostentatious outfits. And then obviously with COVID, not only did like, you know, I think everybody, the the lazy analysis I've seen of this is like, oh, everyone was stuck inside. So nobody did anything. That's not true. Um, first of all, influencers flew all over the fucking world. That wasn't the issue. The issue mm-hmm. was, is that like, it became gauche to um, show off like your economic wealth in a time where things were very fraught for most people. Yeah, you could see that tacky. in the backlash. Yeah, it's very tacky. Yeah. I think and very it's gilish. not just the the monogram print, also, but like the singular, prominent, like big front facing logo. Like the the belt has been out for a minute, but mm-hmm. when the the Gucci belt was like ubiquitous, like that's that's done for. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like things like that, where it's like, oh, you know where this person 
got it from. I think that it won't be the case for all of it because some logos where like brand signatures are just like classic, like the Louis Vuitton monogram has been a thing for like about a hundred years. And so I don't think that that would go out of style, but I think that like seeing it all over an item of clothing versus just it being on a bag the way that it typically is, mm. is like not well, what's going to be happening. Well, a bag is like a utilitarian piece. We've even seen this with like um, Telfar becoming the big bag is like a bag, even if it has a big logo on it, it signifies that like like now we start to see this like move towards the idea of like investment pieces oh, in yeah. part of marketing. That's when that came out yeah. in 2008 the term mm-hmm. investment pieces was a marketing term from the recession to get people to start buying because people mm-hmm. were like oh, buying clothes is frivolous because especially in the early 2000s when the economy was doing so well like the fashion cycles were so quick not as quick as they are now, but Mm. at that time it was like relatively much faster than anyone was used to. And so people were like, I can't at this moment, like expend any of my budget on clothes when I know they're going to go out of style in a few months. And like um, my house is about to be foreclosed on. And that's where the idea of like investment pieces came out. And that's when you saw a lot of brands like trying to push their version of the little black dress or other things mm-hmm. that people have like accepted the essentials that you need the basics yeah. which you clothes are not an investment piece that's no. not a, like a real thing you can't invest in clothes um but i think that we'll see like a similar kind of marketing push where it's like this is something that you can have forever and you can pass it on to your your kid or something which is Probably not the case because heirloom the pieces also of, became a big thing post World yeah, War II. Yeah, the quality of designer um, clothes right now is not that much better than like what the fast fashion outlets are putting out. Um, but I think that that's that's another thing that's going to like shift in fashion is as people are becoming more selective about what clothes they buy um, because their budgets are becoming smaller. People are going to be like more purposefully looking for. Um, like non-synthetic fabrics for their clothes um, and like fabrics that they deem being like quality or luxury versus just wanting to get like an item that um, that looks good yeah and I think that that everyone's been wearing blah 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 like yeah like this is also going to be aligned with the um, the BBL bod like going out because like we needed to have a lot of spandex and like stretchy materials in our clothes when this like body type was super in style um, because people don't get their clothes tailored anymore. And I think that like retailers know that. And so the compromise to like make sure that we had clothes that like fit this body ideal was that everything was like form fitting and stretchy since that body type is going out of style. Um, like people are going to be more open to fabrics that like don't have like 2% lycra or whatever mm-hmm. in it um, and are like maybe more interested in like, I feel like cotton is going to be big. It's already like kind of coming like into the mainstream as like a thing that people really want to have their clothes be made of and just like more like organic versus like synthetic fabrics which is also part of like wanting to throw it back to an earlier era so with the fall of synthetic fabrics and the fall of the bbl bod consecutively do you think that like the active wear brands are on their way out or are they just kind of like is it just too utilitarian and it's going to stay in 
because so I, I feel like leggings like, should be on the athleisure. way out for me. But <laughs> I think like at athleisure and stuff is like everyday wear is just not going to be as like popular of a thing in the coming years. And I think part of that is a little bit pandemic related where like when people go out, they're more excited about dressing up because we've had like mm-hmm. fewer opportunities to dress up over the past few years. I think also part of like more like Victorian inspired, 70s inspired, like earlier eras of fashion being modest, like coming back into style means that people are just going to be dressing less casually on an everyday basis. Um, And it's not going to be like, like sweatpants were cool Mm -hmm. and like are still kind of cool right now to like, there are like very dressed up sweatpants that you can like wear out and about. And I think that that whole like, field of things is just going to like slowly fall off because again like it doesn't need to accommodate the bodies that people were striving to have not that that those bodies won't exist anymore but it's not going to be like what mainstream brands are catering to I think Um, it should also just be clear that like by modesty like we don't mean that like things won't be like loud or colorful or that we're going to go for like black and white minimalism again I just think that like in terms of the amount of skin showing. Yeah, it's like longer hemlines, yeah. like not as tight, like like looser fitting clothing, um, like less skin showing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, that like, yeah. like it's, I think in order for activewear to keep up, I think with the current, like um, just the current, like generally, um, mm-hmm. I think that it's going to have to start moving towards um a little bit more of a of a showiness to it like there's going to have to be like some kind of uh value to it that you can bring like like they're like they have to start pivoting their like leggings and sports bra shit towards like a streetwear brand um and start thinking about like th- like things that are almost impractical to wear at the gym anyway like if you got like a pair of like silk joggers like covered in ruffles I could see like you moving towards more of like a bloomers aesthetic that could move more towards like uh like that 70s Victorian inspired like 70s prints Victorian inspired silhouettes having to do with like active wear that would be the move that they would have to make in order for them to like kind of stick around as like part of um the general uh cultural movement i think you're right that everyone is going to be dressing a little more nicely going outside but i also think that like generally i think the the sensory input of like uh leggings and everything else is going to be kind of on its way out like i i feel like there's so much having to do with like like because i personally and this is just a me thing okay like i don't understand the viewpoint so many people have where they're like the leggings are just more comfortable I don't believe you. <laughs> to me, I was never a leggings as pants person. I just not to, do uh, it. like I. Um, I just think that that there's probably a body type that they look really good on. It's not mine, um, no. and I like to look nice, um, and I don't like to feel like I'm wearing pajamas when I leave my house. So they were never for me, um, and that's okay. Like other yeah. people can like what they like, um, but I, I, it was it's a 
there's a time period that I never understood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is also related to the recession mm-hmm. um, and like also a desire for like more quality things. But people are going to move towards wanting to own one of a kind pieces. And that will be like more common for people that have more money that can afford like made to order or like bespoke or like one off items. But then also, I think everyone is going to be like trying to learn how to sew, how to knit, how to mend clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll be like, part because it will be cool to feel like you have a thing that you've customized and that it's like you're the only one that has anything like this it'll also be like economic way to save money homesteading yeah a a lot of like homesteading stuff is going to come back that's why i actually put on my list uh fermentation is gonna make its way back canning um Mm -hmm. that was like a big part of like my uh list in terms of just like we think about like even like I think at the beginning of COVID, there were quite a few people who started watching that channel of that old lady who makes like depression era meals. Um, and you started thinking about like how um, these people kind of survived off of like making their own um, things. And I think that the thing is, is that in in the current climate, you have to rebrand it as something that you do out of choice and not something that you do out of need. Um, so it will become a thing of like you have you do fermentation because it's like it like elevates the meal or like it creates health benefits or blah, 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 or you do canning. Cause like, blah, blah, blah. It's like trendy and cool. Um, but in the end, like you do it because it, um, it creates like more economic value in your own household. Um, I do think that unfortunately due to how like trend cycles work and how people, um, share these methods via social media, Um, similar to how, um, like the COVID hobbies that came into fruition when everybody was stuck inside plants, bread baking, um, roller skating, these things that are by the way, on the way out, um, because everybody's going back to fucking work. Um, I think that those things, um, became like, they, they started out as hobbies and not only because of like a supply shortage, but also just because of like, uh, capitalist greed, Um, at a certain point, those trends became like inaccessible to the people who originally did them in the first place. And I'm not just saying this because I became bitter in COVID when I couldn't get a hold of any flour to feed my sourdough starter and it died. Mm -hmm. Um, because I had been feeding it for over 10 years. Um, but like, I think that like, unfortunately these like mending trends, fermentation, canning, these things that like will come into trend because of the economic status will become like almost like a cultural thing where suddenly it's like, actually it's cooler if you ferment in like a fucking $800 ceramic crock, or it's actually better if you mend things with like this XYZ thread or do this specific trend um, that's going to die in like a month. Like, I just think that the micro trends in congruency with like um, a lot of these things that we do out of economic need will uh, clash in a really big and annoying way. Well, the the Um, problem with like um, domestic skills as a trend is that a lot of these things take a really long time to learn. Um, mm -hmm. Like learning how to sew is kind of a lifelong process where you like continue to get better at it over time. And there's so many 
different things that you can learn within that skill. So, which is why, you know, a lot of the like DIY girls right now are just taking already existing things and like turning them into two pieces, which is like fine. That's like what you learn how to do when you first start sewing. Um, But I just, I don't see too many people like really like excelling in this, which is why like buying one of a kind pieces um, or handmade pieces from people is going to be the thing that more people mm-hmm. strive for, but people will like make an I'm attempt to see that more. To... I'm starting to see that more with the upcycling community. Yeah, in particular. Well, this is this is There's the next thing. Movement. This is the next yeah. thing is that thrifting is about to fall off. Um, thrifting is about to fall off so soon, and this is because you depop landlords have depleted the thrift stores <laughs> of quality goods, but. Also, like with fast fashion being the like hell mouth that it is, um, the quality of clothes that even makes its way into the thrift stores has just really gone down since like 2008. And so you have to find stuff that's so much like, Shein inside of right, Goodwill. Like you go it drives to me a thrift store and it's so much like Forever 21, Shein. I don't know the other names of those Fashion Nova, like Cider. stuff that wasn't worth the $5 that someone paid for like it originally is what's in thrift stores. And then like there are some few and far between like decent things. So thrifting is going to fall off for that reason because people hope- are going to be looking for like more quality stuff. Now I'm manifesting that the bougie thrift stores that don't take your shit because they're like, we do trend analysis and like, blah, blah, blah. Is that like Buffalo uh, which, Exchange? Like Buffalo are Exchange, Plato's Closet. Those I hope are, they leave. Those are stores for shoplifters, right? <laughs> they basically are. Because like, I'm someone my who was like, I'll bring, they, they, I'll bring quality pieces to, to those people. To pretend that going to the mall and shoplifting from the mall. Well, she would say like that she's going to work. And she, but she would just shoplift from the mall and then like take it to um, like one of those like resell like reselling stores and mm-hmm. and she would make like a hundred dollars and and I'd be like can you hang out today and she'd be like no I have to work but she was just shoplifting I anyway <laughs> um, I, yeah I think the Depop landlords are going to pivot to selling like handmade or like upcycled. Mm-hmm. Um, goods like that's already happening a little a little bit but I think it's going to happen in a much bigger way like starting this year I think the upcyclers yeah. are going to start blowing up and even in just like the high fashion yeah. world you're starting to see like a lot of people like so in much the of it is independent ugly. sellers making ugly. some of it is ugly but then you have you have a lot of people like like psychic outlaw I believe there's a woman I forget her name um, I'll link her in the comments because I do think that her work is very very good um she does a lot of stuff with like vintage and antique tea towels. You have like three sisters. These are like three brands that like are making a lot of waves is especially like in like mag, like big magazines, like Vogue has done a couple interviews with these people um, who are like upcycling in like a high fashion kind of way, at least in a, like not even high, I would say like mid um, just in terms of like the price point. But I think that they are starting to influence um, the bigger fashion brands and you're starting to see them like going into their archives, even for just nostalgia purposes and trying to like find some new things to work with. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more collage work 
um, and like quilting patchwork stuff. Yeah, uh, coming but back I think in, which was also a seventies trend. Some of those by the stores way. that you're talking about, have, like or like major fashion brands, have people who are like experts and like skilled craftsmen of these things and have been doing it for years. Textile historians. Yeah. You have these people but who have been doing it's it. It's going to be a lot of like. 19 year old 22 year old entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. also like pivoting to selling handmade goods and a lot of them i mean just because they are just starting out like they don't have the the talent for that yet and so it's going to be a lot of like repurposed mid-quality thrifted goods and trying to pass that off as like one of a kind handmade and that's where you're going to see like the wealth disparity in people where someone can like truly afford something that is like actually one of a kind and like handmade for them or like made to order versus someone who bought like a repurposed like two piece from someone on Depop. Mm -hmm. Um, I think until thrifting falls off, which is soon, but like probably not until the end of this year, close to the end of it. The people who live in cities like New York and LA, where I think the, the Depop landlords really they just they all live there and so that's where i think thrifting is like the worst is in those big cities because like the places have just been excavated um people are going to start making like periodic trips to nearby smaller towns and like getting quality vintage and thrifted goods from there and you're gonna start probably seeing like tiktoks about like this little hack of like Go, go somewhere that's 45 minutes away um, and that's where all the cool things are. See, I was going to say, I think they're going to start moving towards estate sales, which is oh, my yeah. hood. That's my, that's my territory mm-hmm. and I'm going to be very pissed about they're it. Coming because, like, that's, they're coming, they're for, coming your, for my dead people clothes. Dead people clothes. <laughs> they're coming for your plants. Not me. They're taking all my shit. They don't want what I have. They don't want what you have, I think, because you are ahead of the curve in terms of going for the vampire thing. I don't want smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want smoke, I just want to smoke. Okay, pay pigs, those were our fashion um, predictions, our aesthetic predictions, our commodification predictions. Um, We are splitting this into three parts. Um, next is going to be culture and politics. You're welcome. You're getting three episodes. Wowie. Yeah, because um, we were we were gone for so long, so we're giving you we a little gone. treat. Um, make mm-hmm. sure to to do the thing where you like yeah. give us a rating somewhere. You can give rate us, us on, on Apple Podcasts. Spotify now. Rate us on Spotify now. Can rate us. Yeah. You should follow us on social media. We've got an Instagram account, which is Big Soy Naturals. We have a Twitter. That's also Big Soy Naturals. And like our website's always like LinkedIn stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm Commodified so This. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. I'm Commodified This uh, on Twitter. Series. And Kendall, what are you? What's going on here? I am She Herzog on Twitter. That's She Herzog. Herzog's like the last name of the director. Um, That's such a good name. <laughs> could you tell? I, could you tell for like a, I went through a phase of like being an insufferable film Twitter head. No, I would have never guessed <laughs> that about you, Kendall. I it was it was very brief. It was 2017. Can you name I a think, film? And that was it. I can name several. Can you name films. one film? I can like the it, bitter tears. <laughs> the bitter tears of Petra von Kant. Yeah, I don't. Petra von what? Petra von Kant. Kant? 
well, yeah. I mean, she is a lesbian, so... <laughs> that seems offensive. Um, <laughs> I could name a film. It's it's Kant, like the philosopher. But... I could name a film. Okay. Click. Starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> Taste. Taste. It's an anti-capitalist... Honestly, that film is an existential horror. It's an anti-capitalist terrible. I... It's so good. I think it stands the it's test so of scary. time. It's so scary. Um, I saw that film in theaters when I was like, I, I what? When did that come out? I was definitely I was 10, a teenager. So you were twelve. Yeah, I was. I was in middle school. I went to that movie. I came out having an existential crisis about like t- the passage of time. But it's a really good <laughs> movie because it's got a really great I, message about how like you know don't give everything that you have to like work and achievements because at the end of the day, all that you have are other people, um, and if you just like put everything that you have into these like external things and like accomplishments like no one is going to care about you when you die besides to say like oh they did a good job at this thing click is a great movie um i sandler said solidarity forever made my ex-partner watch that with me three times in one month because they like didn't understand why it was a good movie um, and had never seen it before. And they were like, are you joking? And I'm like, no, it's, it's like a very good movie. We should watch click. And it took them until the third time to be in agreement with me. This is not related to us <laughs> being broken up. I was right for doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a great movie. Um, would I fit in on film Twitter? Tell me, send me a message think- on Twitter. Uh, men I men think... specifically please slide into my dms i love it when men explain films to me tell me five good films tell me who is the drake of films <laughs> who who is the no. drake of directors uh right now and also all time thank you this was big financials <laughs> tell at a certain point you were asking me to do it are you man? You're like man adjacent but not i man. i man adjacent in terms of the fact that i have, have man... i have a y chromosome yeah, you've got man qualities like i've got man qualities being into i want a film, mustache really bad being into comedians is another thing that you I do am that's into... it's unfortunate like a man. <laughs> men uh also please send us an email let us know uh what mm-hmm. male comedians i'm assuming there are only male comedians yeah. Our, it's it's our big story podcast at gmail.com. Drake. Who's who's the Drake <laughs> yeah, of comedy? Which one's Drake? All right, that's all. Oh. See you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. Cock is one of my favorite tastes. I don't want smoke, I just want to smoke. The American when I hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Women. Not only smoke, that, I feel like the balls smell amazing. Yeah, I like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I hit high, then it's time to smoke. They are dangerous people. Like, I cannot get it far enough down my throat to be satisfied. I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum down my throat. I just want to smoke. This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic.